Thanks for listening to Psyche Design. My name is Megan Lavoda, and today in this episode, we're going to be exploring introversion and extroversion, the two orientations of the psyche on a deeper level. Now, I had a guest on this episode with me, Nate Rossa, an ENFP. Our conversation is actually going to be split up into two episodes, and this episode is going to be just about the judging functions feeling and thinking, or as I like to call the creative functions. These two functions are how we assess the world around us and ultimately how our mind is creating reality. I personally think that the best way to understand the eight cognitive functions is to really get what introversion and extroversion is, and then to be able to apply that to the four main functions of the psyche, feeling, thinking, sensing, and intuiting. Because Basically what you do is you're able to look at these four sections of the psyche through either lens, either the introverted or the extroverted lens. Introversion and extroversion have different directions in how the energy is flowing. Introversion seeks the universal from the personal perspective and extroversion seeks what's personal from the universal perspective. Um, They have two completely different ways of looking at things. And so whenever you are wanting to understand introverted feeling versus extroverted feeling, for example, it helps um, in order to define them and to really get at what the essence of these things are. It helps to look at them through the lens of each of these two orientations. So that's what I'm going to do in this conversation with Nate. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I know that Nate and I had a lot of fun of recording it. And I even learned something new as well, because if you didn't know, Nate as an ENFP and I as an ENFJ have different cognitive functions. And so we were able to kind of explore the dynamics between each of the functions that are coming from the opposite orientation. So FI and FE, and then also TE and TI. And we will get into the perceiving functions in next week's episode. And if you want to know more about introversion and extroversion in general, I did just film a episode on that that um, came out last week. Thank you for listening and let's get on with the episode. Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Psyche Design. Today, I'm here with Nate Rossa, an ENFP from the type community. You may recognize him from YouTube, from Twitter, from Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcasts, right? Everywhere, right? Just everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) I I try to put myself in everything to be as annoying as I possibly can. Um, (laughs) But well, generally, yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcast, which he could talk about that in a second. But basically, we are gathered here today because we're going to be talking about the dynamic between or the dynamics of introversion and extroversion. You might ha- you might have already heard my episode in which I talk about introversion and extroversion and kind of what that is as the two orientations of personality. And we're going to be uh, diving a bit deeper into that today. Um, and we're also going to be kind of so. Uh, whenever I was learning the eight cognitive functions, I found that the easiest way to really understand what the eight functions are isn't to look at them each at, by the definitions in the keyword, but you really have to understand introversion and extroversion, in my opinion, because then you can just apply it to each of the functions. And if you don't really understand introversion and extroversion in a Jungian sense, 
then you don't really understand the true nature of like FI and FE, for example, because I think people can kind of forget like some of the elements of, for example, extroversion being related to the external objects and not so much the subject of the person. So for example, extroverted feeling is not so much concerned with the subject. It might be subjective seeming, um, you know, depending on how you're defining the word subjective, it might seem that way because we're talking about feelings and not logic, but it's still very much removed from the subject. So we're going to go deeper into the ideas of introversion and extroversion. Um, so because these two um, orientations are basically ways uh, that the energy in your psyche can behave and they kind of have this symbiotic relationship where extroversion draws out introversion and introversion um, draws in extroversion. So we're going to go down the list of the functions and kind of give some examples. And luckily, Nate is an ENFP and I am an ENFJ. And even though those are three of the same letters, um, we actually have completely different cognitive functions in our psyche. So we kind of have one person to be able to vouch for, you know, our ego having one of the functions in our ego stack. So um, actually, I kind of just jumped ahead to what we're talking about. But Nate, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> I love how, well, all right, I can I can introduce. I want to give it a little quick because I am also really excited to yeah. to dive into the meteor concept of what we're going to talk about today. So, just as Megan has said earlier, you probably would have already seen me around. I'm not as prominent, I would say, trying to put myself out there. Because ever since I've been more focused on my particular angle on typology, which is communication and seeing type from a more language perspective, imagining mm -hmm. it as, or visualizing it as if it were different types equal different cultures and experiencing the opposite uh, function via from conversation or just being around them can be almost akin to a culture shock if you were to make it that comparison. Yes. Right? I love that. Um, and so in a way it does help because at least from how I understood it, at least when I made that connection, was that it allowed me to give space or allow to have that there is space for people to be different and to celebrate the differences that everybody had. So that would be where I'm coming from, which is why it was actually very interesting to be invited to talk about introversion versus extroversion, especially since we both have very, very opposite mm -hmm. uh, yeah, opposite cognitive functions when it mm -hmm. comes to looking at the well looking at the world although being both extroverted which is also going to be really funny to yeah. play that card into that so yeah yeah we'll see how i'm excited to see how it goes uh what was the, one of the first functions you had in mind that we were gonna dabble into so actually before i even get to that do you want to well do you want to talk a little bit about um like your how how you got into typology and like where people can find you Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I that was kind of an ne moment, and not true. That was a bit of a bloop. <laughs> not me not mentioning the se of where I know. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So where to find me? Primarily, right now, I've been less 
active in a lot of social media except for twitter which is something mm-hmm. i've been more of a i revamped my twitter account um that's kiddo rasa for anyone who might be interested uh, where i really just it's very free babble and i do get serious on type every now and then like mm-hmm. i like to make comments and engage with people there uh you will find me on Fa- megan's facebook group as a moderator as well um which is also interesting and very fun and also on my YouTube channel, as she mentioned earlier. Right now, my YouTube channel is a bit of a delayed experience because I'm not as active as I would say, as I did before. However, I've been starting a series there called The Personal Musings, where I really just try to highlight and and explain at, in depth uh, my take and understanding and beliefs when it came to type. Uh, your original question of how I got into type, I think we have a video on that up already. Yeah. Right? We yeah. did so actually I can, have... So I can link yeah, that somewhere. You'll find the collaboration between me and Megan <laughs> many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also wanted to mention that what you said about culture shock, I think, was a really, really good analogy. And kind of when we go through feeling, thinking, sensing, and intuition each of the functions, like the two orientations can kind of act like a culture shock with each other um, whenever they interact. And so that interaction is really interesting. But I also, I also had the thought of um, you coming from like an immigrant family in in Canada. I wonder if, uh, not not to speak for you, I'm curious if you could speak on this, because I think it would be really interesting if do you think that that has added to your experience of like kind of being in two different cultures in one? Do you think that that influences how you see type? And I, I, first, I didn't think it would have been it would have applied. Actually, that's it's it's funny that this was my idea of type being a language format was actually pretty recent. But you're right; it it is something that lent itself to my experience and why I look at type the way it is. I, yeah, I am, my parents were immigrants and I mean, we're citizens now, but I, growing up, it definitely was an experience of trying to figure out, like my identity was something that was a bit of a, a bit of an oddball situation because my parents really wanted to instill really strong Filipino values and Filipino, um, kind of a background into that, like in how I was raised, how I should view respect, how I should look at love and family like it was very like in that direction however of course if you're growing up in a western society some of those things don't always coincide um it's really known amongst the communities where we would compare western culture with eastern culture or south asian culture which is uh very hospitable whereas in western culture it's not as much so sometimes there's a bluntness that isn't that it kind of comes off very different for filipinos um and Adding to that as well, being bilingual, there's also mm-hmm. that added pressure too of, well, I know this language, but it doesn't, there's words that don't always translate from one or the other. English has a lot of vocabulary for everything and mm-hmm. borrowed vocabulary for everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tagalog doesn't always have, you know, 20 words for one thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, even though there's also going to be another, another component, like Philip, Tagalog also has a lot of words for emotional nuance Mm. that English doesn't always have Mm. so there's a big difference um because culture often dictates how a language is used right and how it's enjoyed by the people who use it so getting to learn a language often became almost being invited to join a community to be joined into this 
nation almost by learning their language. So it's really interesting. And so making that connection, that leap into type, uh, realizing that we could actually do the same thing and then to be appreciative of someone else's kind of culture. Let's say they're yeah. an idol or something, right? Because I feel like the way that if you were to be in a different culture or be of two cultures, you kind of have to hold space for both realities in one in order to exist peacefully. I think that the same is true if you are talking about uh, uh, talking to another person with a completely different type as you or whatever. And one of the re one of the reasons why I really enjoy talking with you about type is because you seem to really have that mindset when you're talking to everyone, where you seem to hold space. Like I would say, you're good at holding space for F E and N I, even though you do not use it yourself. And something I really want to get across in this podcast, as I'll do lots of more episodes on, I'm sure, is how do you hold space without having to literally do it? Because the thing with type is that um, we, if you don't know how deep your cognitive wiring goes or you don't know your type at all, we all tend to have this uh, bias where we assume that everyone processes like us whether you know you are or not, it goes really, really deep. And so if you're interacting with someone that has a different type code as you, you might assume that they're expecting you to kind of match what they're doing. So for you as an ENFP, um, if you are always um, coming to situations with, so your dominant function is extroverted intuition. If you're always drawing out all these possibilities that can make someone feel overwhelmed if they don't have a strong NE, maybe they feel like they have to match you and like throw as much ideas back at you. Well, an uh, interesting thing to, they don't to have add to. on, mm -hmm. they don't have to, but I would say that growing up, I thought that what I was thinking around going off of what you said, I thought people just had any, I, I thought people wake up bombarded with ideas every morning. Like, I thought this was normal. So imagine my surprise coming into school <laughs> where people would look at you different because you could produce 50 pages of artwork of just ideas, rough drafts, sketches, mm -hmm. and you're now being faced with people either labeling you a certain way or boxing you in a certain way because your mind is apparently different. And mm -hmm. I would say that it was interesting growing up to have that kind of experience, have that kind of thrown at you or to have that swim through really that kind of situation but going back to that point where we say that this is something of holding space for somebody who has yeah. a different type of uh, type as us i told myself that well just because i might be so different with my mindset doesn't mean like i could switch that also for somebody else like a person would also have that similar experience thinking that they themselves believe that they wake up every morning believing that their world is F.E. and they absorb all these things going on. But it's mm -hmm. completely different for me. I can't relate to that. But in a way, we might be able to draw compromises. We might be able to draw connections with yeah. each other based off of the of that shared like shock. <laughs> that shared yeah. culture shock almost. But shock. Yeah. And I, that's why I bring up holding space because it's not about... Uh, and we'll we'll talk about this more when we go into the each dynamic, but... It's not about needing to change who you are. It's about recognizing that other people are different and letting mm. them be different without changing. Yes. Well, might I say, mm -hmm. uh, I've one of my biggest things that I practice now is stop demanding your in uh, your dominant function from somebody who doesn't even value. Yes. It. Because if yeah. we 
expect other people to square up on us and match us based on what we believe is useful to us, that just opens the door to a lot of disappointment. And well, newsflash, life ain't that <laughs> like life isn't that you know ideal. Like even this is coming from an idealist category, right? We're yeah. from the box of the idealist people, <laughs> telling yeah. people that that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. That means you yeah, know something's because, off. Yeah, we tried it and we we've tried it and it doesn't work. Oh yeah, pre yeah, we we did the preachy sign. <laughs> yeah, and like just to kind of give another example, um, with my dominant function as extroverted feeling, I'm always just swimming in the world of um everyone else's emotions. I take it at face value. Um, that like even right now with the pandemic going on and like especially in America, a lot of political stress. I'm like. Oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm feeling all of the fear collectively. Mm-hmm. Like even if I'm not trying to even if I feel fine, I still am swimming in collective fear and that's like a thing I have to deal with. But like I not everybody um values the extroverted emotional realm as much as me and it's not fair for me to expect that from other from other people. But so that's just kind of an example. And so yeah, um, I also want to preface like with introversion and extroversion that um, everybody has, you know, introverted and extroverted sides to them. And when we go through these functions, um, um, try and identify, I'll make, try and identify what your dominant function is, as well as what your auxiliary function is, which is your secondary supportive function, but also Pay attention to all of the functions. I I guess I just want to say that these are all a part of you, whether or not you are super conscious of it. Like these dynamics are happening between you and another person, but they're also happening within you. So just try and keep an open mind. Don't like skip to the part where your function is and then like turn it off. I mean, you could turn it off if you want, but I want you to just kind of keep an open mind that your psyche is full of all eight of these. It's all happening within you, but that your experience of how these clashes are happening is going to be dependent on your personality as well as the context. Like, what do you do for work? Like, who are the people in your life? Um, what, like, what functions are being demanded from you, from your environment, how you were raised, stuff like well, that. Might I add as well that uh-huh. there is also something to to even just to keep in the back of everyone's mind, we're going to be using vocabulary that is more what we're used to when we talk to each other about it, um, because we've studied type, we've kind of moved away from MBTI. Mm-hmm. Like the, the typical terms we might expect, we're actually more trying to uncover, unearth, completely destroy certain stereotypes that some people mm-hmm. might already have in you know, if you have any of those things going on in your head while we say certain words, uh, that's not our intention. We are trying to use the words as isolated and as different as we could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them could be having new definitions that we're trying to apply. Obviously, if there's any questions, we'd love to explain more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that uh, the previous episode that you had pretty much mm-hmm. highlights what you really mean when you say certain things like objective and subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So- yeah, go 
I'll listen to my introversion and extroversion episode if you haven't already. But yeah, we're trying to get to the essence of these things. And this is also kind of a tangent, but I, I realized too that with both of us being uh, feeling types, I think that the words that we use, I'm very sensitive to not wanting to choose a word that has like a negative connotation. And I think a lot of um, thinking types that write definitions, they might not think about how is this definition going to land in the person. person yeah to another person and so i always try and find words that i think that the actual person who uses that is going to resonate with that's like the way that i care about finding words i mean mind um, you i'm the one that does uses yeah. words with my own definition so that's been something of my own issue to unpack <laughs> yeah. which i'm gonna try to not do a lot today <laughs> if you don't understand anything i'm saying please like let me know yeah. <laughs> because i'm used to my own language which yeah knowing me with my fi is just kind of a mess of its mm -hmm. own <laughs> so yeah so um just to so to preface this too introversion and extroversion overall the dynamic this was something that i recently kind of came up with a way of describing it i, I told nate this today but introversion seeks the universal from the personal and extroversion seeks the personal from the universal. And what I mean by that is that if you're looking at just a function in a vacuum, um, introverted functions are personal in nature, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing universal about them at all. It's like they're seeking the universal aspects and trying to then apply that to their personal view. So introverted intuition, for example, is often seen as a very universal, um, intuitive, like the concept it's seen kind of universal, but it's coming from a per, it starts with the spark. It starts with that aha moment in the NI user. And then they seek that, that universal to bring to them. Um, whereas, okay. Extroversion seeks the personal from the universal. Extroversion is looking at everything in, at face value and then trying to find um, what, do I want to take from this? Or like, I don't know, how would, how would you describe that? Actually, I like that you went with that because mm -hmm. by saying that we pulled the personal from the universal and taking it at face value, I can already feel that there's some people that might pop up and be like, but NE isn't direct and NE isn't taking things at face value because an NE DOM likely is going to create and generate ideas that has nothing to do with the object that mm -hmm. we're talking about. Um, so I would say, of obviously when the words that we're using it's not an absolute type of concept where we're like no they have to be that way as if it's so strict it's just how language works like we use what comes off what's functional really and it's well, a functional one, way of wording one it. thing i'll say with that is that when we talk about taking something at face value what are we taking at face value and he doesn't take rate like physical physical reality at face value and he takes ideas at face value it's a possibility i might die in a, a minute right now like yeah. ne takes um potential at face value it's know? very and it's very in the moment too yeah mm -hmm. i would say to add as well to add nuance to that um i wrote notes about it where i mentioned it was more of a conscious and awareness is part of this as well because mm -hmm. an any user is consciously making connections even if we're not always aware of it necessarily but our mind constantly is just putting dots together mm -hmm. it's right so we for the folks you know listening and trying to understand this we really mean the personal from the universal because we are looking at ideas 
from our eyes as an ex- I mean I can speak for myself as an extrovert when I use that I'm consciously looking at ideas the way I want it to be like I want whatever I'm interested in whatever mm-hmm. it is that catches my eye whatever it is that's novel and new so, like would you fits. say <laughs> would you say as an extroverted intuitive dominant that one example of seeking the personal from the universal would be that you try out every idea until you feel your vision your vision is going to come or like your life purpose, your life path, it's going to come from taking the possibilities that are there. Whereas introverted intuition might have this um, vision that they already know. And then they're going to try and see how they can make that universal. So like you, like, would you, would you agree with that as as far as like, you're going to take, what you the universal and then what is personal to you or subjective to you is then revealed we're like for me with extroverted feeling one example could be that um I might be nice to everyone or connect with everyone or try and be open as like a standard but then the people who stick around or, or like the people or the opportunities that you know I don't know like the personal is revealed to me through like this very universalist way of yeah like we it all happens the the word that came up to me was um in it, within tactile situation like it happens it has to happen within real time whereas i kind of view a lot of the subjective introverted sides are, or functions are more likely to just keep it to themselves until it's revealed to them uh or until they yes purposely manifest it out for us we're already just looking outside. We're not really, there's no inside going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I would say with myself, it's really hard for me. I'm notorious for any. We look into ideas almost to a point where we can't not ignore ideas. We have to keep looking, even if there's like a small percent of it, even being, even if it's irrelevant, we'll still look into it because we don't want to miss out on what else we could be looking at as an idea or as a concept of this universe we need to keep looking so it's like Mm -hmm. you could look call it a hunger you can call it an obsession it just we have to keep going Mm -hmm. and what you added with that second part of will we find the life path sometimes we don't because Mm -hmm. that would take an introverted aspect to make to come to that decision right Mm -hmm. like to come to that conclusion and because if we're looking at it from a vacuum and as an isolated function of any there is no end. We yeah. have to keep going. And but so it's from the kind personal of... or from like the person's perspective, yeah. you might have your introverted sensing that comes up that it's like, oh, the, these are the things that I've tried. I know that it works for me. So I'm going to. Once it connects with that other side. Yeah. But usually how it is, it's um, we're, we're cursed to be trapped. in. I mean, that's where the whole um, choice paralysis happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a phenomenon in psychology, but I would say that for those in type, those who are any users typically can all mm-hmm. relate to a problem when it comes to making decisions, especially if you're a younger uh, NP having Mm -hmm. a hard time being oh whoa i have so many options and i can't stop making more options like why can't i stop it becomes one of those things yeah that we have to get out of Mm -hmm. as we get older but yeah cool yeah so i think i want to start with the judging functions or as i 
also call the um, creative functions. And I like mm. to think of them as creative functions because both feeling and thinking are, it's assessing reality by kind of putting a stamp on it uh, with a judgment, with this is what I've decided uh, either from the feeling or thinking. And, you know, let's just, let's just go in and start with feeling. As feelers, we've got introverted feeling or FE and we have, um, wait, what did I just say? Or FI. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Introverted feeling or FI. And then we have extroverted feeling or FE. There we go. And so when we're looking at feeling, we're looking at assessing reality with ethics and values. And then the extroverted side of that is going to be assessing the outer universe um, of ethics and values. And they're going to be looking at it in a more absolutist way the, uh, and looking at it in a broad way. Whereas introverted feeling is looking at the inner universe of ethics and values. It is more receptive. The, these are other key words I want to talk about is receptive versus activating. So introverted feeling is, is very receptive. It's like how do all of these emotions outside of me impact me um, in my universe emotionally and then extroverted feeling is going to be um it, i guess how would you like i'm too close to, it hits too close to home for me would you say that fe activate how, how would you say that it activates well i would say that there is a level of keen understanding that fe people have and i'm going to refer to fe people as high stack fe like yeah that's a dominant good. auxiliary right um who are just naturally attuned to trying to, to just noticing other people's feelings and this could come up in oh tone of voice like wow, you know they'll just pick up on these little patterns especially tone of voice tone of voice is like a famous one i would say uh mm -hmm. famous in the way that i've i personally heard it from a lot of people i've known who are fe but you know what's really funny is that i don't ever consciously think what is their tone of voice yeah <laughs> i just react to it i just notice it yeah you know I, mean? <laughs> I mean i get it from the people who, who text me they're like why they talk like that they they said it in this way and i'm going oh really? yeah that makes a difference like if they said it in a different way Ooh. would i have changed it um i would say it activates it's activating because there's often as an fi user in my often the create a is, mood in a room yeah there's an injection i personally feel mm -hmm. it as a as an fi user walking to a room and if there's an fe person in the room I feel an an injection of some kind of, and this this could be taken weirdly, but it's a kind of expectation almost. Mm. It's like a pressure in a way, and pressure in the sense that as me, the person, the FI coming in, feeling as if I need to match that energy, but then also feeling completely incompetent in knowing what exactly to match because mm. it seems for FE folks such as yourself, it's very easy and comfortable, and that it's not weird for you but then for us if we ever yeah. tried to copy that to kind of be like oh hey i'm gonna match your energy to us it comes off inauthentic and it comes off strange like as if we're alien walking in a, in a different planet and i think the reason why it can come off inauthentic is because we aren't responding we aren't really revealing what our inner universe of emotions is saying we kind yeah. of are just not paying attention to it 
do you want to just sort of say in your own words what you think uh, FE and FI, like what the reaction between those two functions is like? Um, you mean like how they interact with yeah. each other or like yeah. just how they typically, because I usually understood being friends with an FE Dom, not you, somebody else, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you do. Um, yo, it's just over the years, I've learned that there were certain word choices that is very common in FE folks. And then there were very word choices that I would say as an FI person would choose. Um, there's also reasonings and excuses uh, that can be misperceived by both sides. Like I would say certain, uh, I'm trying to think of what example we use. We had a conversation about this before. Um, mm -hmm. If two people were talking about a scheduling, for example, some of some folks or one of us will might not deliberately will might omit certain details because to us it feels obvious, but because we are of opposite functions, it's not obvious for the other person. So if they don't receive that information, it could be taken completely differently and make a wrong conclusion despite being both mm -hmm. on the same page. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. yeah. And with extroverted feeling, you know, being extroverted, it tends to rely on wanting to communicate what is going on in the emotional realm. That's how it processes its feelings. Um, where introverted feeling will process by going inside more. Um, I guess the way I would describe it, because I want to describe it generally how they interact, but then I also want for each of these to sort of step into the role of that function and then describe how the other function makes you feel, if that makes sense. So even for the functions we don't use as much. True, like, true. I would I would actually quickly add to, um, mm -hmm. there's also that aspect of responsibility that I think we could touch on as well. Oh, Rooted functions, especially from our experience, there's also this feeling of being feeling as if you are oh, responsible yeah. for oh, certain things. Uh, this may not always work for for myself as an any dom. I don't know if other any doms can feel feel this way or relate, but please do tell me if you do. But I personally feel I'm gonna use the word responsible for all the possibilities that yeah. come to my eyes. Like I have to look at it. I can't not look at it. I need to notice all of it. And I mm -hmm. taking that over that principle to FE, do you think that you kind of feel responsible oh, for absolutely. in the room? Like if somebody is sad, if somebody is not, well, let's say not, not even an emotional thing. Let's say when it comes to making decisions as a group, it's almost as if you feel responsible to be something for those, for everybody at once. Absolutely. I, I do it. I do it like so automatically that I don't even like... Like if I, especially like now that I have, I live with my partner, it's not just my emotions that in, influence my decisions. It very much is ours. And some of that like is just so natural to me that it's not a problem. And some of it kind of is a problem in the sense of that, like if my partner is saying like, oh, I have like an intense deadline at, at work, like I'm really stressed, then like, even if they wouldn't tell me I couldn't I might like I'm not going to watch tv because I know that if I did then then they would get distracted and want to talk about it with me and then they would be mad the next day and mm -hmm. so I'm not even going to do that because I know that how this is going to influence them and I don't want to and see it's not it's not always that um kind I mean like not that it's not kind but also it's like I don't want to hear them bitch in the morning <laughs> it's like I don't want to deal with the emotions that might be there later <laughs> You know yeah, I mean? it's, you're just like, saving yourself, right? Save yourself the 
the pro the trouble. It's like I know how I know how to navigate the world of all of those emotions. I know whenever someone's a ticking time bomb. I know whenever someone when someone's in a really good mood. I want to soak it up. I want to like, you know, I want to like ride those waves of of how people are doing and like navigate That's my actually... life. It's perfect that you mentioned that, that you're comfortable, you're confident in that realm, because I would yeah. say that the most immediate example to compare this to my NE is whenever people talk about so absolutist type of statements, my instant go-to was, have you considered, you know, right? Like you see any people constantly yeah. coming up with, did you check all the possibility? What about this? What if this? Yeah. What if that? Because for us, we are we're, we are cursed i mean mm. <laughs> i say this as an ne dom i can't help but think that we're like worry for others almost maybe maybe worry isn't a word that all of us nps can relate to uh but please look into what the word means versus how I, the emotion that i because i don't actually yeah. feel worried but it just it seems like i worry for uh the folks who make statements and then forget or it comes off as if they might have forgotten to consider everything and it's been my experience too that there's a lot of times where because nobody looked it up more you know they didn't go and do the whole research as expansive as let's say we did as in any people that we're always like did you are you sure you looked at all the alternatives like why did you pick that one like there's mm. way more and i think that's the best thing i could think of it doesn't mean that one's better or the other at all but it's just as a comparison of that feeling responsible kind of example it's almost as if it's uh behavioral at this point even though of course mm -hmm. type isn't behavioral in any way but it just it comes off and looks like that mm -hmm. so yeah so i guess if i were to just describe on the surface the way that fi and fe interact is that um um fe wants to be on the same page and create like mutual benefit between the two people and that requires emotional energy that um, FI might not have. Um, and so from the FE perspective, it could look like um, FI is not putting in enough effort um, either uh, to the relationship or they aren't putting in enough effort to belong in a group, or maybe they just aren't being considerate enough of how they impact others. Um, so that's kind of how it could seem, but then from the FI perspective, it might seem like FE is um, not being fully honest with themselves about what um, their intentions are emotionally and what they want to gain from things. Um, FE can seem like they're always walking on eggshells and always tiptoeing around things and um, not really knowing how to meet their own needs and instead um, ignoring their needs and trying to just keep the peace so that they can avoid whatever is going on inside. Well, that and FI believes that each person is responsible for their own values. Yes. I think responsible is just a really, really good word. For like, it seems like a good what word All today. of the functions are. We're going well, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the context of subjective introversion, good... the word responsible now is translated as person who is, who owns up to yeah. what it is they're going through because yeah. in in right in the external realm an fe person feels responsible for everybody but in, as, as an fi person i often look at that with skepticism and say well what about you did you check yourself yet 
is like the first go-to uh, question. Well, okay. So actually framing it with responsible, that's such a great way to talk about it because it's making me want to clarify that FE is not necessarily responsible for everybody else's internal feelings, but I am responsible for making sure that I'm not going to be throwing my shit on anyone else. I know that I'm not going to be making your day worse. Like my hands are clean. That that That's kind of how FE is. And I think that especially from an FI person, it could be interpreted as me trying to literally unpack the trauma of everyone around me, which is really not true. Like I re- like FE does not go that deep. Well, I think, I, I, and we did talk about this in a previous conversation, the thing that as an FI person, we make the mistake of seeking that same energy from you, whereas really we yeah. should be more happy or satisfied with the fact that this person can actually handle the supposed pressure of what FE can do because they are equipped with another function, TI. And yeah. often we, if we kind of deliberately neglect or ignore that, a person has TI, that this is why they're comfortable the way that they are and that the the supposed stress of looking at it, like us judging you guys for being the way that you are, we're like, why would you do it that way? Well, they wouldn't have to do it any other way because they're equipped with something else that can handle it. Like how for us, like I would say for myself, I can handle it because there's TE. I'm just going to quickly think of an optimal, efficient route the way that I think makes sense. Because yeah. I'm, con- you know, because I'm confident in that sense. Even though the problem with me, though, is if I didn't share my FI, <laughs> if I didn't express it, yeah. people might assume that I'm just doing this out of, right, like out of just a selfish need or out of this, you know, whatever it is, my narrative. It just made me realize my mom is an ESFJ, so she also has the top function of extroverted feeling, and she always told me, uh, "Don't burn any bridges." And I think that that's mm. a really good example of FE feeling responsible for what they are putting out. Like, like I don't want to make the mood of the room worse. I don't want to um, make it harder for the other person in my life to get their shit done. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm going like, so even like with my partner, for example, um, I don't feel responsible for helping her sort through her childhood trauma. I'm there for her, but I don't feel that responsible. I feel Mm -hmm. responsible for making sure that I don't want to be the reason why she doesn't, uh, isn't able to focus on work because my, uh, I, I left shit everywhere and I was being loud. You know what I mean? That's considerate. I'm considerate of the way that I'm, impacting other people's ability to do their lives and fe is on the same axis as introverted thinking which is very focused on personal freedom so i this is a connection there where like i don't ever want to be the reason why someone else can't enact their personal freedom to do what they want to do which is i'm going to counter that with mm-hmm. the word use of considerate being considerate or consideration yeah. because i would say from a te perspective there is a side of us that is considerate. I would plan for somebody. I would do their work for them. I would schedule for them. I would organize something for them because to me, I don't want to be responsible for why they're messed up or why they may have fallen if I could have at least helped them make life easier in some way. And easy in the sense that it is something that 
has somehow given that you know the, the idea of work smarter not harder that's mm-hmm. something that's really like big on me like we don't always have to push ourselves so hard if it means that you could have done something better if you just put some thought into it but then right like you could see yeah. how the ca- could counter in a weird way because a te person showing consideration being considerate is through that avenue which isn't in the fe realm <laughs> like yeah. what you used to maybe like it's like what personal freedom though and then it just looks yeah. like we're trying to order people around <laughs> yeah and so that's We'll get to TI and TE in just a second, but that's a good example of how TI can feel like TE is trying to um, uh, take get rid of its personal freedom by telling it what to do. And FI can also feel like FE is telling it what to do. But mm-hmm. they're both very, they're responsible for completely different realms. And it seems like introverted feeling, the idea is that um, if I'm responsible for my own baggage and my own, the inner universe of my feelings, then that's gonna, you know, prevent me from throwing my shit on anyone else and making their lives worse. Well, right? I think a big part that could affect the FE person in this way is usually an option that we 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 as an FI person would use is withdraw. We would like to take a moment if we feel that we're emotionally compromised because we believe that it's my responsibility. It's my job to take care of my feelings. So I would be like, sorry, I'm not feeling well right now. I need to take time for myself because I need to work on that. But then it could come off completely different to your ears because what ends up happening in reality is somebody literally exiting right your room or your life or something. And it just comes off odd. Like now you have an empty space, and then you then you start asking yourself, "Did that, I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong?" That's a really was good I, example, right? Was I responsible for you withdrawing? Whereas really the truth is, no, no, you weren't. It was just that I believe that this distance is required for me to come back to you, feeling better, coming back to you because I want to provide you with my best self. So to translate to- this, your FI feels very responsible for making sure that you're working through your baggage and so you also feel responsible for with extroverted thinking to set the boundary and make sure that 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 literally is going to happen by like making a plan for that to happen and then telling the other person but what you didn't what you might not have considered is what does the other person expect from me what has been um our relationship like is it going to completely freak them out and trigger their anxieties if i leave without more of an explanation? without a warning you know <laughs> without, a, without even a, a goodbye <laughs> so it's not that fe thinks that you can't do that it's it's like if you are more considerate of the uh the relationship of both people then maybe you would say um Hey, it's it's not it's not you. Like, oh, let's talk on Monday. Yes. Like, just it's kinda... not you, right? Just go back to the. Yeah. It's not about you. Uh, it's like, and then reaffirm that with uh, maybe an fe statement, like, I love you. Like, let's, right? Like, let's go back to this. That you're not at fault. Yeah, and it's like if you're <laughs> fe is like, are you in tune with the other person? So, like, for example, like this is just something that came to mind. Like, um the rules are different based on people you're talking about. Rules are always different for FE. There is, because it's like, for example, I I message you about type quite a bit. I don't ever say to you, um, sorry, I didn't get back to this or hold on. Like I need to do this because the, the realm is you don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. 
there are other people that I talk to that might care. Or we don't have the relationship. You know what I mean? (laughs) My friend is, and I've had this long conversation with her, and it was something that we really needed to unpack. Because for, for her, this is my ESFJ friend, she's very, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to assume that the empty space means that you've abandoned me. Not in the same extremity intensity, but in the, in the word. And I have felt that right? In the word of just being left alone means that, what did you do? And so a lot of the times, it can it's a measure of a conversation, really, of being able to express yourself as an FI person to be, you know, this is nothing to do with you. It's just, I need some space. It has, But the thing is, is what she doesn't realize is my feelings for people do not change. They do not alter. They do not just because distance happened, just because time had count, like moved by. What I feel for a person, if I've decided that that's how I feel about them, I'm feeling that three years from now. That's not going to change mm-hmm. unless there is something very big. Like maybe if you died, <laughs> if you're going to go for the intensity, yeah. maybe the feelings might shift at some point. Yeah. But often that doesn't shift because my inner world is often... You know, I always I would tell my friends this, like I think about you guys often. You know, I go about my day, I have you guys in my head, like in my personal universe. Yeah. Right? Being alive and well, so I don't feel like I need to uh, you know, believe that somebody's wrong or somebody hates me or something, right? Like it because it doesn't make sense yeah. for me. And I think that for FE it's trying to build the culture of comfort to where like like each FE is very aware of the different cultures um, yeah, like or norms mm-hmm. to where I guess I just want to say that depending on who I'm talking to, I might feel a need to preface things, but I'm always like very attuned to what the other person is like expecting and also what the mood is. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, to move past my FI little schism, schism moment, um, in an FE way, no, you know, bringing up my friend again as an example, like she understands the concept of closeness in such a different angle than I do, but she's also very private as a person too, which is something that I would say that even for ESFJ might come off really strange, but she's incredibly private about certain facts about her life because she's Mm -hmm. not going to share and she's not going to express her feelings to just about everybody Mm -hmm. because only the right people who can take that side of her she'll be open to. Right. Because she's more responsible for I mean, if someone's crying beside her, she's not going to be, oh, let me just, you know, do that, too. And she'll be like, I don't even know you. Like, how can I even bring up this, you know, trauma of mine if I didn't even establish some kind of evidential? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm using T.E. words, but if we didn't establish anything in the real world, how can we even say that there was a bridge, that there was a connection? Mm -hmm. Because I guess in F.E. terms, there wouldn't be. You'd have to make one first. Yeah, so like even when you were giving that as an example, I think that more trust uh, is what would change that. And trust Trust is like a rare commodity today. (laughs) Like I would even say that like maybe an FI user in your situation might be thinking, why don't they just understand that that's just how I am? But FE would say, well, to me, that seems like there needs to be more trust and understanding or like a communication in their relationship so that they know where you stand slash maybe maybe it's even your friend or like maybe it's the fe person with like a fear of abandonment that they need to unpack and it yeah. has nothing to do with trust or like maybe they have a hard time trusting you and it has nothing to do with you 
But like either way, if there is like an issue like that in the relationship, it tells me that there is some sort of trust that needs to be there. Like, cause like I've, I've even started telling my friends um, just straight up like, Hey, by the way, like um, it's easier for me to just tweet random things throughout the day, but I might not be able to give my full attention until later. Like I, I've been like trying to say things like that. Like, I, I think I try and teach people of like the culture of dealing with me so that there's some sort of comfort there. So that's, um, I don't know, like if that, if that's like kind of related, but like, no, it, it absolutely makes how, like, sense I'll to explain. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, it's yeah. funny because how we go about coming to those conclusions often are very different but the the conclusion is the same i i would mm -hmm. say comparing you to my friend in this context mm -hmm. she doesn't actually talk to much people actually mm -hmm. she's actually also very picky to who she talks to and spends mm -hmm. her time with mm -hmm. and right there's a lot of that going on and this is mm -hmm. these are fe doms folks like what we thought of fe people running around talking to everybody social butterfly that's not yeah. actually I'm pretty true. picky too i mean <laughs> it depends if an fe person has been very hurt in the emotional environment then they might not want like we it's we're very sensitive to everything that's happening so like rejection is very sensitive so like I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't want to put themselves out there Contrast that to FI people we know who automatically make friends within the first two seconds of meeting them. Yeah. And you're left going, what? <laughs> Do you even know them? And then we're like, yeah, we like talked about you know, both of us having terrible childhood traumas. Like, it's just a bonding <laughs> moment. And yeah, I would say from my end, sometimes it's easier. And I know I've heard this from, <laughs> from my friend who complains about other FI people in her life. We've all had the same sentiment. Sometimes it's easier to share traumas with people we don't know based on the shared problems mm -hmm. than it is sharing it to someone we love. It could actually be really hard for us to even bring that up. Yeah. Even though obviously that might, that shouldn't be, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking that shouldn't be the case, but it does happen. I would say even I myself found myself talking to some people where I would have a brief five minute bonding moment where we're just, I feel as if my whole life is completely understood. Of course, that's not true. They only understood like a snapshot of my life, but I also, and I think I made a, I made a thread about this, a personal essay where I believe that the value of that small five minute interaction was only worth it because it was also five minute interaction. I actually don't want more and I don't want less. Like mm -hmm. I'm actually happy that that became what it was. Um, yes. Before, <laughs> I yeah. do want to quickly add because this is mm -hmm. actually part of back to our original point about introversion versus extroversion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I would say because introversion is just the personal universe that we're talking about, mm -hmm. I think a withdrawing period, why introverts tend to withdraw, and is because sometimes reality can be deafening, mm -hmm. right? Like the, it, we would prefer the silence of our own thoughts or our own feelings. Or rather. external reality could even be invalidating to your inner Absolutely, universe. yeah. Because I was just trying to connect the dots with how an FI person would want to withdraw for a second. And I think it's because they kind of got their fill. You know, we don't really, we have a finite amount of, at least I describe this as myself, a very fixed amount of what I can give to somebody. And once that reaches a, you know, a, a peak, it's very, okay, I need to, to do something about it now. Because if I don't, I'm just going to be a robot and it's, and I'm going to be worse to the person that I like, which feels 
I, I would feel way worse to do that to them than I could just say, hey, can I see you in the, like the next day for a second? Because I really need to, you know, <laughs> process those feelings. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the other person. It's actually more so a sign of how I am considerate of them. Because the minute I go over that peak, it switches from positive and warm to negative and cold. And it was way worse than I would have yeah. wanted it to just be. Just as an example, like you might be more um, aware of not wanting to feel resentful for people that you love or like not Absolutely. wanting there to be any sort of negative emotion about those people where for me, if I'm way more focused on um, what's happening outside, then things like that can creep in without me noticing nearly as much. Um, yeah. So I feel like we talked a lot about the feeling function and um, part of it is because this is uh, definitely an interest of both Nate and mine. Um, this is a very strong interest because I believe that if we can understand how FI and FE interact a little bit more, then that can help with personal and interpersonal healing, like so much more like, um, because feelings in general in our culture, I feel like are very just nebulous and misunderstood. I think that like, I almost want to say that TI and TE understands each other a little bit better than TI, uh, than FI and FE. I mean, um, I barely see um, TI and TE necessarily argue. And if they do argue, it's never as intense and spiteful as feelers do and i almost would even say maybe it's because the psyche our collective psyche has integrated ti and te a little bit more um maybe because so kind of just a segue if we're we're talking about thinking right now um thinking is focused on logic and reason and we have ti that is focused on um that your inner universe what is true about you what are your personal truths? What is the what is the system of you? How does it work? Um, and then extroverted thinking is about all of those uh, facts in the outer universe. Um, what are the systems that we're dealing with? What are the different factors? Um, it's very impersonal. It's very taking the facts at face value. Um, the thing is, so the point I wanted to make with that is that our culture already integrates this pretty well. Like, even if you just look at the scientific method, you have to do an experiment. You have to test the cause and effect. What did you get? You have to say that out loud. That is the extroverted thinking. And then you have to, um, well, actually, before you even do the, the scientific experiment, you have to look and do a meta-analysis. What has everyone else done? What are the missing pieces? What question do you have? What hypothesis do you have? That's the introverted thinking. Or even what variables did we miss? Or yeah. were there things that we should have considered right before? Like I remember yeah. like, if published articles would come out and TI folks could like rip it to shreds because they're looking at it like, well, that doesn't coincide that, with yes. what you just said, right? Like this uh, sentence doesn't make any sense. Why would you make a claim like that? when you know that that's not actually true so you're yeah. only like using it because a thing is i think with i remember hearing this this quote like statistics doesn't lie but the narrative behind the statistics could produce right the wrong conclusions right yeah. if your data that you the information that you got those data from you will present on the graph as incorrect even though it looks correct 
Yeah, so <laughs> like introverted thinking, not only is it kind of required for like the beginning, like before you even do an ex experiment, but it's also like afterward, like what are your takeaways? What's your new opinion? Like, was your hypothesis right or wrong? Like, what do you, what is that? Like, and also like peer reviewing, like having other people check it for like other factors externally, like you have to be kind of an expert and have your own inner universe that is logical and understands this enough in order to even peer review. Like I, I might be butchering this a little bit. I am working well, on I, I master's in psychology, but I'm not like <laughs> a literal scientist, but I do get the scientific method. My point here, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but I just want to say my, my point here is that we kind of know that both TE and TI are like necessary. Um, and so even though there are going to be conflicts between TI and TE, I feel like, I don't know, there's more of an understanding there. They're more aware of each other. Well, there's but no, there's mean? no spite. There's no really feely yeah, side to them that's that would so make true. them be upset, right? <laughs> like, there wouldn't, Why would they be upset? They're just arguing something that's a fact or something yeah um, i mean i would add that using fe as our as what you mentioned before about being comfortable with the changes and the easy shifting mm -hmm. of the in situations in real life that's kind of te as well like i i would say as a person i would say i'm comfortable with studies and reports changing over time mm -hmm. because experiments that we are have access to now could be more accessible and are made possible that we probably couldn't have done before. Whereas I would say a TI person might be more skeptical of certain new mm. things that pop up. They might be like, well, are you sure you've tested it right? Like, because I remember from the previous thing, this mm. is what went wrong. So if you're going to repeat that to make sure you're right, are you sure when you repeat it, you're actually going to remove the thing that made it wrong? That's kind of thing, right? so true. <laughs> like I had to do a paper last semester that was like, pick two studies that tested for the same thing and got different results read them both and figure out what your position is and then argue it and to me that seems kind of introverted thinking in the sense of that like you have to um find the incon the consistency and the inconsistency and like kind of pick one right mm -hmm. but like it seems like extroverted thinking in general i'm not saying that people won't be able to do that if you're not a te user I mean, because clearly TE can do that as well, but I would just say generally TE can probably hold like seemingly different facts um, at the same time, but understand the context of both of them. Well, as long as it works. Yeah, if it works. <laughs> right. I think Maybe I'm, I'm butchering well. it because of my because <laughs> we're both low stack thinkers, but yeah. I think a big part of me is does it off does it really matter necessarily the components all the cogs in the machine if it actually gets the job done but then I can see where in a TI person's point of view all the cogs in that machine has to work because if one thing is off then the whole thing could be wrong or yeah. you will come to a mistake later but then for us as a TE person I'd be like well if there was a mistake we'll just fix it when it happens right yeah <laughs> instead of having exactly. to do we have yeah. to take out all the pieces or can we just wait till the it happens it would be like okay well we'll just remove the piece and put the right one in and then the person's like well you could have prevented that if you had just did the you just read my schematics from previously <laughs> yeah so do you want to just kind of share in your own words what you think the dynamic is between ti and te 
and then we can kind of share examples after um like in between like let's say uh, from the people that we know type of thing of how like te people versus ti folks interact or, or let me let me see if i can take a crack at it in the sense that i think i would say that ti is very much like if we want to see how these functions manifest ti is very focused on their like personal principles or like these underlying foundational principles of why something is true. Um, whereas as you were talking earlier, extroverted thinking is more focused on the cause and effect of does it work or does it not? Where introverted thinking is like, well, why does this work? And how can we take this principle and for like other well, things or- There could be situations where it could make perfect sense in theory, right? Like a lot of typology systems tend to be TI based because of that reason but then yeah. when you really bring it up and you bring it to the tribune of the psychologist and the psychiatrists we all yeah. look at it and go but can you really repeat it like you can't it just fits let's say your country or yeah. your bias or something because you you know where was the output from everybody else so right yeah. Kind of, yeah as far as like reaction i think that ti can see te as so yeah, I guess this is kind of what I mean by like how they interact is that TI can see TE as getting rid of its freedom or um, glossing something over and not being as much of a critical thinker about their own opinions. Um, TI can see TE as like always sourcing from some expert or authority who said something is true and kind of building off of that a little too much where TI might find that unoriginal both TI and FI are might find the extroverted uh, part um, unoriginal seeming or authority or like, cause like FE might be focused on like the social hierarchy or the social influence, but then TE is focused on like, well, a scientist said it, so therefore it's true. And TI is like, well, what motivated the scientist to say that? And <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I love it because in a way they're both equipped to critique each other. Like, yeah. right, the dynamic of critiquing each other works. And I think that's why communication and holding space for each other is so important. Because a person who just trusts the method, like the scientific method, yeah. without any kind of else, other kind of critical thinking involved might come off wrong, right? It could come off completely. Yeah. And, you know, so TE might see TI as a little bit um, bullheaded or stubborn in what Taking it too thinks. long to come to a decision. Yeah, and taking too long. <laughs> Because, okay, actually, that's another thing I was just thinking of, for example, with the scientist thing, like, sure, like, TI can be like, well, why would a scientist say that, blah, 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 but, like, TE might be able to just say, well, if a scientist said it, I believe it because um, that's really all you need. You, you know what I mean? Okay, how do I even explain this? Well, sometimes I was thinking... you don't have terms... to think about it more. Yeah, like... We are, I would say, yeah, sometimes we're a TE person, so it's like, do you even need to overthink it necessarily? Um, is that like those philosophical razors that we talk about where sometimes you just have to cut? Oh, because, yeah, like, right, it's taking too long. Yeah, like, yeah, um, I was just thinking about how both FE and TE might see the introverted part as uh, doing too much work well, to get the conclusion. Oh, I just to add nuance to this and add a, a a bone throw a bone into this mm -hmm. um ti person could be wondering if what we're really analyzing spending so much time on well as a high thinker te thinker would probably think is or probably feel 
kind of problematic because they're overthinking their feeler function because it's the lower mm-hmm. stack for them. That's where they put all of their time in, right? Because yeah. they want to protect, either they want to protect that baby FI of theirs or they want to somehow provide for that feeling. And I think it's a similar dynamic with somebody who's a high introverted thinker and say they just want to be, well, accepted for mm-hmm. their ideas, for their mm-hmm. conclusions, but have a hard time picking the right words or either they spend too much time finding the right words and then mm-hmm. it, they lose on you know, how to communicate their ideas in a way that people can just be like, oh, I mean, we, we talk to an INTP regularly mm-hmm. and I remember that her often biggest concern is, was I too mean? Like, was I, was mm-hmm. I too cold? And then I'm always like, you weren't cold enough if that makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so for me, introverted thinking is my inferior function, but it is my preferred thinking function. And I would say that everything that I think, I have to think it from the ground up. I don't ever take any fact at face value. It can make school hard. Um, I like um, I like learning and I like doing things that make the teacher happy and make my life better but as far as like regurgitating a fact just because i heard it and accepting it as true it's hard for me to learn in that way i have to interact with it myself figure out why it's true or else it just does not really stay put in my brain i mean i'll Um, counter that with how my t's like sometimes i use my te in a way where i would present two ti (laughs) topics to fight amongst each other and because if they, if I get all the TI people arguing, then I could easily pinpoint what, which one's the right one because then yeah. I have all the information on, on the table. I think it's harder for me to engage with a TI person one-on-one. This is just personal experience because they aren't necessarily going to be sharing all of their TI with me. Oh, like what confu- or what led them to the conclusion? Yeah, I I need to know... Well, I also need to know all the parts of that machine. But if it's not delivered in a way that I guess my TE can easily right understand you it, know, it might be hard for me to take it. I just realized another parallel here. You know how you were saying that you, as an FI user, will share like something super personal to you to someone that understands? Well, I only... I only feel comfortable sharing like why I think what I think to someone that like already thinks it. Like... Not always. Like, I'm trying to push myself. But you're picky, right? Of who... Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be the person you're close to, too. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be at all. But, you know, the thing... The reason is that it is a waste of energy trying to explain to someone that isn't willing to get it. And I think that with the introverted judging functions, it takes a lot of energy to put it out. Like, And it really sucks if it's not worth it when you've dug it up and I just thought of how this connects to the language this thing imagine Mm -hmm. right like let's say we're we're both English speakers so it's Mm -hmm. fine but imagine if you were to speak to somebody where English isn't there is their second language having that barrier is going to make us frustrated and of course you're not going to want to talk to this person again maybe not because you're mean to them but because you're going to have to go through that process of explaining the basics of how you think Uh, it's not worth it (laughs) well i mean we feel as if it's not worth it but even though we know that the person might have nuggets of wisdom but because of that communication barrier it's just going to be harder i think that's where the application of being a good listener comes into play 
mm-hmm. because we you know if you know that the person is using a different set of tools a different set of jargon a different set of typology culture when they talk to you to avoid any kind of frustration is to be familiar with where they're at and then that person too would do the same for you that way their mm-hmm. frustration could be minimized in a way so, yeah would you say that like if you were to open up about like some sort of deep trauma to someone that you were close with but you didn't you didn't really think that they would get it but you wanted them to that it would like be very disappointing if you were to waste your time explaining it and then there like was a reaction where you felt like misunderstood well it goes back to an ego thing because was i expecting something out of them Mm. sometimes if we project an expectation on something we get disappointed right away because we wanted that validation Mm -hmm. so i think it goes back to checking with ourselves and say okay you want to tell this person that you love something that's traumatic to you but you also know because this is somebody you love you're quite familiar with their quirks and what they do and also it it probably would really hurt you if you really cared about someone it would probably hurt you even more if they didn't understand you you'd almost rather not know oh yeah let's i mean don't we have situations where sometimes it hurts more because it's somebody you love than just anybody because if it was just a random person on the internet, does it really bother you? Like, would it really bother you? That person don't know your life, but this person does. Like, this person's been with you. So mm-hmm. to be invalidated by somebody you love, it it hurts more, right? Like, it, to just be real. I would say I've had arguments <laughs> with my friends mm-hmm. because we would unintentionally hurt each other because we wanted a certain thing to be taken a certain way. And the other person just either wasn't ready at the time, didn't really realize how serious the situation was. Like we, that communication portion of that, you know, before the news was said, wasn't there. (laughs) I'm just thinking about how for my introverted thinking, if somebody doesn't agree with my core principles, I don't really know how to convince or explain uh for them to agree with the core principles like it's so much easier for me to explain well this is how i came to my conclusion Um, i mean if i have an archetypal you know visceral reaction about a person that i knew doesn't fit what i know is a bad person i'm just gonna ghost them right and they're gonna be right and they're just gonna think why is he avoiding me i'm like i don't need to explain myself because i already know that person's bad to me so it's not happening (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah so like if you think that okay if you think that someone doesn't have integrity you aren't gonna like try and tell them like oh this is like what it is how you bother me um i would say the reason we wouldn't because i well here's the thing though here's the funny part the upside to that is i could still work with those people me choosing to withdraw is to protect me and my beliefs or my standards yeah. or whatever, my universe, my personal universe. However, in the real time, I can still have, I can still work optimally with them. Like I have that notion of, I can save you from a burning building, but I'm not gonna call you tomorrow because yeah, we're not that close. <laughs> introverted judging will protect its inner universe from being, I guess, um, impacted negatively by the external things kind of I mean, it goes back to that feeling of it's too much you know we already have a fixed amount of what we can bring out to the real world if explaining mm-hmm. is going to take a big portion of that or a big chunk of our energy we're not gonna do it 
unless the, the context or the mm -hmm. circumstances were just right. And this is connected to why TI can feel like TE is trying to change its mind and not really... Um, or dismiss its mind. Yeah. Either like dismissing, like for me, I mean, I'm not a TI dominant person, but it could feel like, are you dismissing my expertise or dismissing my intellect? Do you not realize I thought this through before I came to this yeah. decision? Um, and so it can feel that's where it can feel like te is uh trying to manipulate what you're allowed to think and it and like it could feel very controlling um and all extroverted judging can maybe feel controlling to the other perspective if it's not holding space but do you want to talk a little bit about from the te perspective if you put yourself in the te shoes what bothers you or like what are your interactions with ti Ooh. Um, I would say, okay, I have periods of my life where I can use that as an example. Um, before my, let's say, or like, how experience. does your TE view TI? Yeah, like, before my experience with my fellow TI users where I've actually gotten pretty okay with you guys. <laughs> um, often TI would present to me, it felt like it had invalidated, I'm going to use that word because it yeah. made sense at the time. Um, it felt like there was an invalidation of identity, which is, I think, is something that's very common amongst a lot of FPs, where when we're faced with TI, it's as if we needed to have a reason to explain how we feel, which is kind of awkward with us because it's one of the things we're most confident in to present a question on how that it seemed like that our experience is somehow incorrect in some way. We will react to that in, in a feely way, like in an emotional way. Um, not realizing that the TI person asking that question is actually not coming from an FI judgment. It's more of an expression of curiosity. Like a yeah. TI person asking a question is actually a big move on a TI person's part because that means that they're interested and that they respect you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually, that's a good point in saying that if you have the different axis, um, a TE person might assume that any sort of introverted judging is coming from a emotional or feely place, which isn't necessarily true. But how would you say, like, to me, like, that's kind of how your FI would react to TI. But what is, how does TE see it? Like you mentioned, it can seem like it's slow to make a decision. Maybe, maybe it could seem pedantic. Well, the question that comes up to me, well, pedantic is one of the things that pop up. But another question mm -hmm. I come up with is, um, can I use it? Can I use it now? Because a big sign of if I can use it now means that you've act. Because I judge how well you've thought about it is if you know it could be applied. And if it couldn't be applied, did you really think it through? That's kind of as my team mm -hmm. kind of comes back. Because there's been a lot of situations. Actually, I'm exaggerating. There were some situations where theories pop up and I'll entertain them with my NE. You know, obviously, I would love to hear it. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I can't use it, you know, if I don't come home with something in hand that is tangible to my perspective, was it worth it? And I have to weigh those Ooh. situations in mind. Was it worth it? Because I have to think of it in terms of prioritizing. Was it worth Because I like to organize my energy. I like to organize my time. I like to organize my perspectives. And if something is going to revolutionize my mind, I will give it my day. You know, I have all the time in the world to have something revolutionized my person you know my life but if it doesn't then it does give me this sense of disappointment and i think with ti yeah. that could come up sometimes i wouldn't say it's often though because 
my respect for DI has been quite well, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can even parallel that with like FE is like, okay, so FI, you really care about me. You really love me, but do you show me? Are you there for me? Are you even in my life? What good is it if you're going to um, just have me say in it your mind? And then just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, this has been my problem with like, INFPs come to mind of like specific INFPs that I might have been interested in or like dated or had crushes on it's like they could tell me like oh you really impacted my life for the better but it's like we talked like how how many times have we talked like you're never you're never around like here's the funny part I would say to you know what I mean validate that sometimes okay I would look through and this is gonna be a shallow example but I'm look I would look through TikToks I would see something that my friend would enjoy but I will choose not to send it to them because I'm having me time today. Oh man, I can't not send it. Every <laughs> single time it's a reflex. If someone- it, will... you Right, you have to send it and be like, but for me, I'm thinking of if I send it, then I have to have a conversation and then I have to explain it and then we're gonna have a good time. But then right now I only have two minutes, either I can send it now or I can do my one hour of busy time, me time, and then I can send it after that's that can like give you that 20 minutes. One of the easiest way to stay connected with people <laughs> is whenever you see something that makes you think of them is to just tell them. Well, I save it for later. Oh, There's okay. the see, FI I would, thing, no, right? I would never remember. I would save it. And see, so I guess I, I want to just preface <laughs> that it's not that it doesn't mean a lot to me if an FI user says that. I'm not trying to act like FE is just shitting on that. And it's not like FI doesn't mean a lot to me as well. No, but we are describing how, right? We come, like, these are examples of how. You can, I think extroverted judging can feel just kind of teased of like, <laughs> okay, so you say that. I can even tell that you feel that, but there's nothing. Oh, no, and, and then the vomit, oh, wait, right? What? Like the, the FI vomit, like one week later, where you get this long essay. <laughs> Oh my I'm like, god! Oh, I love. You. And you're going. Wait, you didn't give me anything for last week, and then you come to me with this three thousand word essay. But like for the FE and FI perspective, it's like you feel that it does mean something to me, but there's no trust there. There's no comfort there. There's ultimately no love there. Well, there wasn't a consideration for your feelings. Yeah, but I think there's that was also, that was. I think there's a big there's part there because they, no, because we're expressing have... how I feel. Right. Yeah. And I guess like Mm -hmm. the point I want to even make have if I feel or get even more is that ultimately no bond was created and could not be created unless we were able to use this. And with TE and TI, it's like, that's a great theory. But if you cannot connect it to TE to apply it, then it is just a theory. Is it going to change anyone's lives or improve the way we do things? Probably not. If it can't get to that threshold, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So yep, I yep, think yep. that there's like this threshold with extroversion, extroverted judging, to where it's not like we're trying to just shit on you, introverted judging. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like TE. <laughs> would you say from the TE perspective, it's like, please give me something I could use. I would love to tell me more, but you aren't doing no. it. And it's like, okay. absolutely. I my biggest complaint with and my best friends right now are two TI users. Um, one inferior and one auxiliary and it's always a matter of if I tell them something I won't hear the result till like a month later so Mm. it's really hard I I would say it gives me a measure of anxious thoughts because I don't know if it worked 
and then I feel responsible if something didn't work out because I would feel like if you had told me what was wrong with it, I could have added a fix. I could have given you a fix, but because you're not telling me what the thing, I can't help you. So it's really hard for me if I'm missing certain data. But then these people do not have my function. So with a TI person, they will come to that conclusion. It's they're equipped yeah. already with the principles in mind. They're fully independent to handle the situation. I just have to trust them to handle mm. that situation. I mean, especially with yeah. my friend, he's an ESP, SEDOC, right? He can handle it. <laughs> mm. But I yeah. get worried sometimes because there are situations where I feel as though I could have offered a more efficient option, but because I'm not present all the time in, in that person's life, it's hard for me to even give them that. And mm -hmm. I would say, right, like I would say even if we were going to switch the roles to an FE person to an FI person, for you it would be like, well, if you had a problem with your emotions, if you had just told me, I could have given you the input that you needed to fix it and we would hung out yeah, the next Yeah, and day. sometimes <laughs> FI, FI can just assume some of the input and TI can kind of assume as well, like any, anyone can assume, but what, what I'm talking about with the introverted judging is that it's so in their inner universe that they might not, I don't know, they might not be able to know. And actually, Carl Jung talks about how introversion projects. Like, we, we all project, yes, but the concept of projection where you're putting your subjective onto the objective is yeah. kind of what introversion does, where introjection is what extroversion does, where it assumes that the external is that so two different two different things but like so yeah wait what was i really saying well, we're putting a translation of what our internal thing feels about the world rather than what the world yes. actually is right yes. so there's going to be moments where an fi person might assume that you're just telling me this because of what i think you're feeling but the thing is is all i know is what i'm feeling i actually don't know what you're feeling the yeah. best way to fight figure out is ask but yep. sometimes in the social realm it may be awkward to ask like yeah. I would, right like it may be awkward for me to come up and be like say how are you feeling that sounds like a lot of energy for me to say whereas <gasps> that could cost you 0.5 percent of a day like it has nothing really me, but then i don't even know how to enter a conversation without like asking that sometimes. yeah how whereas yeah. if you were to, but if you were to ask me so or if i were to ask you like what are you thinking you know, what are your theories of the day? It may come up a little bit harder. You know, like, just, it for me. <laughs> my partner's an INFJ and I'm just thinking about, since INFJs also prefer extroverted feeling, I'm thinking about how many times in a day do we stop to check in with how is your day going? Probably like at least a dozen. And that's just a thing of like, like today. A dozen? Wait, seriously, a dozen? That's a lot. Yeah, maybe more than that. This mine is twice a day, <laughs> and like this is someone who and I live with my parents. It's twice a day, right? Like I do, I drop them off at work in the morning. We chat for maybe t fifteen minutes, and then we do it again for thirty, driving back home. <laughs> and it's, how, we're it's how we connect in the sense of like we wake up. We wake up. It's like, did you get good sleep? Like, are you feeling like? fresh and ready to start the day or are you feeling like you know dreading work today you know what i mean i mean i schedule a two-hour <laughs> conversation with them maybe once or twice a week aside from that twice a day situation so that we want to make sure everything's all taken care of and then with my friends that's I a lot of energy 
sometimes. I would schedule a day with my friend, like especially with my ESFJ friend, I would schedule, let's say, an entire day where we could just talk for maybe eight hours and it's something for a fill. But then it's like, to me, it's exhausting. To I have to fit it somehow because if I don't, I'm just going to spend the rest of my week thinking about it and then I, I'm just going to go to sleep. You're making me realize how much me and my INFJ will like get, like check the pulse emotionally like a dozen times. <laughs> but then like we don't have time for a full conversation. Like we're both in the middle of a work day. See, like, this is why I prefer lower stack FE sometimes <laughs> because with low stack FE, I don't have to deal with that checking in. The ESTP friend of mine, we don't even talk weekly. It'll just be a random text of, hey, can you send me money? I'll be like, sure. <laughs> It's no big deal. Or like, hey, what do you think of this? They'd be like, oh, that's great. Done. But yeah, for me, it's sort of like, <laughs> are you feeling productive today? Or like, and especially, I mean, I probably ask that more because I'm with another FE user. Because I know for the INFJ that it can be helpful or beneficial to draw them out with their, it's their, um, they might not volunteer it, but it's, it's good for them. Yeah. You know, but... Anyway, so what we that was the judging functions. We talked a lot about that.